Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in the Ivy League, a look inside the ancient eight teams in the Ivy League and their upcoming games with all of the stats, trends, and analysis that you want to hear. And now, here's your host, Tom Barton. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in the Ivy League. I am Tom Barton from TomBartonSports.com. Go check me out on YouTube, Tom Barton Sports, Tom Barton Sports over on Twitter, and TomBartonSports at gmail.com. Let you get in touch with me. We are coming down to the nitty-gritty here, guys. We had separation weekend last weekend, and it didn't do a lot of separating at the top, but it certainly eliminated a few teams, so we will get into that, what happened last weekend, and we're going into the final games here, right? We're going into the stretch run as we set up. There are still a lot of things to be determined. With only one game to play, we still have a three-way tie for first. We still have three teams battling it out to be the last team to get into the playoff, which will start on March 11th and 12th down on the Princeton campus. That should be fantastic as well. I've said it before, and I was asked this week, obviously, I'm the Ivy League guy, and I was on Las Vegas, uh, Fox Sports Las Vegas Radio this weekend, and I was asked, you know, what do you think about the Ivy Leagues this year? Do you think that they can make some noise in the tournament? And I, I made a backhanded compliment to the Ivy Leagues, and it wasn't meant to be, but this is how real that I believe that it is. Look, I've been covering the Ivy Leagues for 20 years now, okay? I've been doing this show for the last three years, but I've been covering the Ivy Leagues for 20 years. And I will say this is the best race that I've seen in recent memory because I honestly, as of last weekend, I thought six teams could win it. I mean, I really did. I mean, Harvard might have been pushing it. But as of last weekend, there was five or six teams that could win this thing. I still believe there's five teams that can win this thing. So it is really, really deep. But I don't know if we have that elite team that could make some noise. Now, I'll get into who I think maybe can, but I don't know if we have that elite team that could make some noise. And when I say some noise, look, for the Ivy League standards, winning a game in the tournament is making some noise, but I mean winning more than one. Can they get to the second weekend? I don't think we have that team this year, but it has been one of the more entertaining college basketball seasons I can remember because there is so much parity to steal a word from the NFL. There is so much wow, we don't know who's going to show up this week. Who's going to be the team to kind of come out on top? We had expectations going into the season that certainly were not there. Certainly were not there for some of these teams. But there are some teams that really did overperform. And on a week-to-week basis, head-to-head, once you got into conference play, wow, it has been massively exciting. Even if the results aren't always there, it has been exciting, really good games, generally speaking. And I still think a lot is yet to be determined. That's why we're going to talk about, in a minute, well, why we're going to talk about who I think can win this weekend, who I think can win the regular season title, but why it might not matter because you're kind of just throwing it all up into the air when you go on to the campus of Princeton on March 11th and 12th. So let's talk about it. We'll start what happened last Saturday. When I say entertaining, how about this for entertaining? Princeton against Harvard in Cambridge, with Harvard's season on the line, I made a mention to it last week. Harvard could not lose this game and make the tour and, and make the Final Four, right? The, the Final Four in the Ivies couldn't make the game and make the playoffs. They couldn't do it. They could not drop this game. 
They had to win on their home floor. Vegas installed them as a five, five and a half point underdog. Nobody really had a lot of confidence in them. Now that number fell pretty quickly and people started to go, hey, you know what? Maybe maybe I'm on Harvard here. Believing that Tommy Amaker, a guy that led this team to four, four straight, right? I mean, four just amazing runs. Tommy Amaker would be able to lift this team up and kind of do something at home. Up against what many people believe to be the perennial favorite in this conference, what many people believe to be the team to beat in this conference in Princeton. And Princeton gets out to a 37-23 lead, and you go, okay, same old Harvard, right? They can't score. Their defense has been up and down and suspect at times this year. They have just gone away. Here's another game, and you've thrown away the season. Harvard battled back and battled back and battled back. And the second half of this game was one of the cooler things to watch. A team literally fighting for their lives. Nelson putting in 19 points. Harvard outscored Princeton 33-21. to They held the Princeton Tigers to 21 second-half points. This game was right there, nip and tuck the whole way. You're waiting for Harvard to, to just explode, to show what they are. They, they tried everything they could, but they buried themselves too far ahead in that first half. Harvard's defense really should be proud of themselves what they did in the second half. This Harvard team, while it was a miserable season by their standards, should be proud of themselves how they finished in this game, 33-21 in the second half, fighting for their lives, played really well down the stretch. But they did lose. And Princeton goes on to win the game. Princeton goes on to say, hey, we may be the class of this conference. We want a share of that first place. And that's where they sit. And Princeton's got to feel good about themselves no matter what happens this weekend. They're going to the playoff, and they're going to the playoff on their own floor. So that, that, that means something, right? I mean, that is absolutely something that you point to and you go, yeah, that, that, that's, that, that's big. That's big. Penn continues to do what Penn does. Penn beats up on Dartmouth. Penn wins their eighth straight game on their own floor. They win 89-79. Their offense, absolutely fantastic. They put up 48 first, point, uh, first half points. This Princeton offense, uh, I'm sorry, this uh, Penn offense has been on fire. 90 against Brown, 89 against Dartmouth. You go back a couple of games before that, 80 against Harvard, 92 against Cornell, another 83 against Harvard before that. You know, they put up only 74 against Columbia in a game that they didn't really need. And then against Yale, it was a nip and tuck, but they got the win. Eight straight wins. Their offense is on fire. This Penn team could be the team, guys. This Penn team with Dingle, who might be the best player in this conference, 27.3 boards in that game. This Penn team could be that threat to maybe win a game or two in the tournament if they get there because they're going to be so red hot. I mean, they're going to be so red hot. Brown goes into Columbia, one of the easier games if you're a sports handicapper to go out there and bet. Um, I, look, I, I know that this line was only seven, seven and a half. It wound up getting up to eight or nine. It doesn't matter. They win by 11. A little, little, little dicey there, but Brown gets the win on the road, Columbia. They just can't get out of their own way. They had their win last week. They weren't going to win two games in a row. And Brown is right in this mix. Brown is another team. Like I've said all year, they are absolutely dangerous. They're a dangerous club. They can win anywhere. They have upsets on their resume. Brown is a dangerous club. And then Yale beat up on Cornell, a Cornell team that that just a couple of weeks ago we're going, oh, man, they're a first-place team. Cornell has spiraled downhill. Cornell has fallen out of this thing. I thought that Cornell could win it all. I really did. 
Cornell went into such a ridiculous, unbelievable funk, guys. They lost at Princeton. They lost at Penn. They lost at Brown. Then they come back and beat Dartmouth. And then they lost at Harvard, lost at Yale. They've lost five of the last six. They've lost six of their last eight. And they are spiraling out of control. And, and what, what caught up with them? What we've been talking about all year. Their defense just can't keep up. But in this game, their offense did nothing. Yale with an impressive, impressive performance by Jarvis. 34 points, 10 boards. Yale moves on as well. So we know three of the field, right? I mean, we, we know we're going we're gonna to have three teams. They're all tied for first. Going into this Saturday with one game to play, it's kind of the decision-making time. Who's going to get in, okay? Who is going to be that final team? You have Penn, Princeton, and Yale all tied for first. Brown is seven and six. Now Harvard and Dartmouth are out at five and eight. Brown is and Columbia is out at two and eleven. Brown seven and six. Cornell six and seven. I I look at this and I go, yeah, I, I think Brown gets in, right? I mean, I I think that they even with a loss, if they lose to Yale and they'll be underdogs in that game. Okay, they're taking on Yale. Yale needs this game. They lost to Yale by three, by the way, in Yale. Um, Yale put up eighty one on them in that game. This is a Brown team that. You're looking at, they beat Cornell, but then they lost to Cornell at Cornell. Cornell and, and they're, they're, I mean, it's going to be determined, obviously, um, uh, by conference tournament and everything else. Brown has the upper, upper hand. Look, at home, win against Yale. But Yale wants the regular season title. Yale wants that number one overall seed. Yale wants to gun for that. And you look at every projection that's out there, every bracketologist out there, they all have Yale already going. I think this is a dangerous game for Yale. Because Brown, you know, feels like they need this game. I mentioned Cornell. They take on Columbia. That'll be a win there. So they'll get to 7-7. Seven and seven, And then you go to, you know, Cornell have a, a better overall record with 17 wins. In the Ivy Leagues, it, it might come down to that tiebreaker, right? And you might get have to come down to the tiebreaker if things work that way. And like I said, look, Brown and Cornell are both neck and neck. So Cornell will have 17 wins. Let's say Cornell wins against Columbia, which I don't think is a a, a, a far cry there. I know Cornell's been bad, but they'll be double-digit favorites and should cover that uh, pretty easily at home. So they'll have 17 wins. Brown will only have 15. They'll both be 7-7 seven and seven in this conference. So that's a, a tough determining factor. At home, Cornell is going to be great. They'll be 11-2. and two. Uh, Brown will be, you know, 8-8. Eight and eight. Or eight and four at home, seven and eight on the road. It's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a, it's tough to determine a tiebreaker in there. So, I mean, look, Brown is simple. Go out there and win, right? Go out there and win, and you're in. Cornell, win and you need help. And Cornell plays at two. Brown plays at seven thirty. So it'll be interesting. Obviously, Cornell's you know if they win that game against Columbia, which they absolutely should. Um, but that Brown game might not matter if they have a big, big upset. But if Cornell wins that game at Columbia or against Columbia at Cornell, they're going to be sitting around watching that Yale-Brown game and, and hoping for some help. Dartmouth, Harvard, like I said, both of them are out. Both of them are five and eight. You'd like to see Harvard win this game after what they did in the second half. You'd like to see them win the game and kind of get out uh, with a, a little bit of, of hang your head high. I don't know if you can do it this season. That's an interesting game. I don't know how these teams are going to come out for this game. I really don't. Dartmouth's at home. Last game of the season, senior day, all that. Um, but Harvard, uh, they want to show, hey, you know, we had a bad year, but we fought. We fought till the end. You don't want to lay down in this spot. 
And then the big game will be at noon on Saturday, Penn-Princeton. You look at Penn-Princeton, Penn's won eight games in a row. If Penn wins this game, they get nine wins in a row going into the tournament. If Penn wins this game, they could be the team that rattles off. This is nine. First round win is 10. Second round win is 11. Get into the tournament. You go into the tournament with 11 straight wins. I mean, yeah, I could see them winning a first round game. From all the projections that I see, you know, they're going to be a 14 seed. It's really difficult, but it's not going up against a one. They're not going to be a 16 seed. And everything I've seen there, they're not really going to be a 15 seed. You win 11 games in a row, you're 14 seed against a three. You got a fighting shot, right? You got, you have a puncher's chance, especially if their offense keeps rolling. Princeton at home here and then at home in the tournament has to be the favorite. I know everybody's got Yale in there. Every bracketology, every projection, everybody loves Yale. Like Yale because they have 19 overall wins, right? That's why. Princeton's right behind them with 18. Everybody, it, it's easy when the people are not paying attention to the Ivy Leagues. It's easy to just put Yale in there. I, I don't I, I don't think so. Look, if to me, and this is not to slight Yale, and it's going to sound like it is, okay? It's going to sound like it is. To me, the winner of the Princeton-Penn game this weekend is probably my Ivy League champion. It's, it's probably my Ivy League champion. Now, you could have a spot where maybe they, they stumble, but Penn's got the streak going if they win going into the tournament. That's, that, I mean, that means something. You haven't lost in months. I mean, that means something. And Princeton will be at home here. They're going to be at home for a while, right? I mean, they're going to be at home. They don't have to travel anymore. You look at Princeton, and that mean, again, that means something, especially for kids. Being on your campus, sleeping in your own bed. Uh, they were in Cambridge last week. So they came home from Cambridge, um, you know, Sunday, we'll say, right? Saturday night. So they came home Saturday night, slept in their own beds. They do not have to go anywhere else for the rest of the season. For the rest of the year, they're at home. That's why I think Princeton has the advantage. Everybody's sitting back talking about Yale and putting Yale in and Yale this and Yale that. I think Princeton has the advantage, guys. Now, I don't know if they can beat the, the streaking, red-hot, eight-win-in-a-row Penn team. But if they do, I think Princeton is the division winner, the title winner, the conference winner, regular season. And I think that carries over to the tournament, which we will preview next week. And if Penn wins, it's going to be hard for me to go against a team that's won nine games in a row in the tournament, even against a Princeton and a Yale. I actually have Yale as my third team. Well, they might do it, and I will preview that all next week. It's going to be difficult for me to say Princeton's going to lose on their own floor. It's going to be difficult for me to go against a team that has won nine games in a row. It's going to be really hard for me to be choosing Yale. Although, hey, maybe maybe the Bulldogs want that. Because, you know, I, I'm, I'm somebody that two weeks out, yeah, I don't believe in Yale. And, and day of, I might be all on top of you. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me. Enjoy the final weekend in the Ivy Leagues before the playoffs final regular season weekend. It has been a heck of a year. I really enjoyed it. I will be back next week to preview it all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.